Welcome to the Mind All My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind All My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady and Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. I'm Neil McCrady, Martin Paloma with me today as well. We're going to be with you about 45 minutes or so, so we'll uh, we'll get right to it. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Just call it. You'll find out why you. I told you to do it. Corey wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy. He'll prove that to you. And uh, Martin, before we get started, tell the people... Give them the uh, give me the abbreviated version of uh, why they should uh, get in touch with you guys at Pinnacle Trust. Yeah, man, um, man, glad to be back. Glad to be back. Thanks for uh, covering for me last week, um, man. One of the things that I think, especially right now, and all this this chaos and turmoil that's going on, you know, in politics, but we also knew some of it was going to happen in the markets. Um, you know, it's now is is more crucial time to have an advisor and. Uh, uh, an emotionally uninvested third party that can think objectively and rationally about, you know, keeping people, you know, in their seats and talking the truth about what's happening versus what gets made up. So, man, I would say that's the biggest, our biggest, uh, you know, value right now to clients is, is being able to guide them through all of this insanity that's happened right now and not make knee jerk decisions. So if you're doing it by yourself or don't like your other person, call us 601-957-0323. Uh, you can catch me email uh, info at pinntrust.com uh, or you can find us on Facebook at uh, Pinnacle Trust or the Mind on My Money podcast page. And I'll keep it at that, Neil. Okay. All right. I haven't even looked at the markets today. We're taping this. It's Thursday, uh, October the 29th, four hours, I'm sorry, four days, 12 hours or so till the uh, election. Yep. More than 70 plus million people have already voted. The markets this week have, have been uh, kind of dropping like a stone a little bit. What's what's up with that? Yeah, so we're down uh, this week. Markets are down about five and a half, six percent. We're slightly positive today. Um, you know, and we said this in previous podcasts, so folks can go back and listen to um, that. That throughout the year, the elections were not going to be the biggest driver of volatility, even though it has a little bit to do with it. Um, but that a COVID resurgence would be, you know, a bigger, um, a bigger issue. And, you know, we've seen numbers are going up. The infection numbers are going up. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily, necessarily correlating to, you know, more deaths and and needing for shutdowns. But I think, you know, there's a lot of folks that are nervous because if you look at which stocks have tanked, uh, you know, in the, in this last week, since we've taped, it's been the, it's the Corona trade, man. The airlines, entertainment, um, you know, cruise lines, hotels are all, they all got crushed. Um, you know, banks got hurt uh, a little bit. Uh, Zoom is up. You know, all of your, what we saw in February and March, the, you know, the players that were down are down again. The players that were up are up again. It's the Corona trade, man. Um, but that's what's been, that's what's been causing some of the volatility, some of the fluctuation you know, this week, and we were braced for that in our portfolios, 
Uh, we've got our hedges in. Uh, I've got my bond positions positions in as well. So, um, you know, our clients, they'll experience a little bit of it too. But man, it is, uh, that's exactly what it is. It just happens to be the week before elections. You know, and then the fact that they're, the stimulus talk is still stalled. You know, the markets have been high as a kite on stimulus. So every time positive stimulus news happens, dude, you can look, you can look at the markets or you could guess what the markets are doing without even having to look. Um, but that's kind of what it is, man. And I, you know, I was hopeful we might have something prior to the election, uh, but it looks like it's going to be politics as usual, man. Yeah, I, I would I would hear people talk about a stimulus package before the election, and I thought there's just no way. There's no way that that uh, given where the political race is, where things are shaping right. up right now, there was no way that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats were going to sign off on anything that would help Trump. So that, that, I always thought that was just completely unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, I, I was hopeful, man, but you know that just solidified the uh, you know my intuition of that politicians will continue to look out for the most important people, um, you know, in their, in their constituents, which is themselves. Um, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of folks that, uh, you know, that are still hurting a lot of businesses that are struggling to come back online that it could, could have used a little, a little, uh, a little shot and, you know, man, I'm, and I think we've talked about this too, Neil, like I'm, I am I am fiscally conservative. Like I think I think the less government interaction in markets is generally better for markets. I think that you know it's kind of the live and let live. Um, you know that's my kind of philosophy for 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 markets and in and the economy. But you know, and I also understand this is a little different. You know, it's kind of like. Uh, if you have to have emergency surgery, right? Do you just go ahead and save your life and then you figure out how to pay for it on the back end? Or do you have the conversation of justifying like, oh, I don't know if, you know, if the bill's 25,000, I'm willing to save my life, but it's 50,000. Oh, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I don't want my family to have the burden of the $50,000 bill. So, you know, I won't save my life. That's kind of how I look at this right now is, you know, this is kind of uh in, in, in main street America. And, you know, there is a kind of life and death of, of, uh, of the economy. And that's why I'm, t I was totally okay with stimulus and Hey, let's save our economy first so that we can save jobs and real lives on the back end. And we'll just figure out how to pay for it. And I realize that translates into more taxes at some point, but you know, you don't go to the loan shark and take out a high interest loan if it's not absolutely necessary. But if it's absolutely necessary, you know you're going to get, you're going to pay for it on the back end. And man, that's that's kind of how I, I look at all of this. And I think it is, it's necessary. I know we could debate the some of the things were wrong, um, but man, I know they're just shooting shooting money out of t-shirt cannons trying to figure this thing out. So one of the headlines today is that the. Uh Excuse me there for a second. The uh, third quarter GDP, yeah. it grew at an annualized rate of 33.1%. That's the highest quarter on record. Also, initial weekly jobless claims fell to the lowest levels since March. I think we know what yep. March is, why March is significant. Um, 
I mean, look, the mainstream media is not going to report this, or if they do, they're going to put a lot of uh, a lot of disclaimers on it. the The one thing that I, I think is interesting is that look, we're still statistically in a in a recession. I get that. Um, the one thing I th- that's going to be interesting is when the election ends, and it's going to end here in the next few days. I mean, I, 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 yep. I assume when it ends, is that the end game as it pertains to the virus? I, for the longest time, thought it was. I no longer do. Yeah. I no longer do. Um, some people say that hey, what will happen is that the fear mongering will will, will will stop. Yeah, I think it will. They'll see. I don't, but we'll see. I mean, we'll find out. I mean, you know, we're both we're both decent people with decent brains, and I I I, I have I have decent I have different thoughts on it. If if you're right, and and I hope you are, if you're right, the fear mongering goes away. They dial it back. The economy starts to recover because they need to recover. Because listen, they, they here's the here's the dirty little secret when you get elected especially when you get elected as a first-term president and as President Harris will be. When you get elected as a... Wow, fir- I saw what you did there. Well, I mean, that's, who, that, that's who it is. When, when you get elected as a first-term president, you are on the clock. Yep. And, and especially if you, uh, if you have a Democratic Senate, and I think they will. We'll get some, yep. we'll get some predictions in a little while. Uh, you've got two years to get things done because the American people get to vote again. Um, even the dead ones and, um, they get, you, you get to, you get to vote again. And a lot of times when, if, if you overreach and I think most people, when they get full power, do Republican and Democrat, they overreach. And if you get overreach, you typically pay for it in two years. So I, you know, I, th- that's the one hand. And then on the other hand, where I, I hope I'm wrong. Okay. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. I don't know to quickly walk back the virus stuff and say, hey, we got to open up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. A lot of people have to admit, hey, A, we were wrong. And B, this was just politics. And I don't know how many people are really willing to do that. Yeah, I don't know either. I I fear a double down. I don't think we'll get any uh, apologies from them. But, dude, I do hope that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be hopeful here that uh, you know whoever wins next week and we probably won't find out for for a few weeks um, you know whoever wins next week I hope that they can that they can just put all of the fear stuff aside because it's like hey you got it in the bag and just get to work and start talking about a solution versus you know, the fear piece, because you don't who you don't have anyone else you have to convince, right? You if you've won, you've won. Let's just get to work and solution. And I realize that may be a pipe dream and me smoking a little bit of the wacky tobacco to to figure to to hope that that comes true, man. But I do I do hope that that that's what happens. Our country needs it, man. Our country needs to unite um and, and no, that's, you're getting that that's over we're done no that's that's not happening i mean I, i'll stop you there there is there is nothing outside of of us being attacked in some 9-11 sort of way that is going to unite us we are we have never and my parents are 78 years old 
My parents obviously lived through the 60s. Yep. They, they have said repeatedly they have never seen anything like this. I'm going to take their word for it. They're both smart no, people. I agree, man. Uh, I, and I think social media has has been the big tech the fuel and the the avenue to to make us more divisive. But well, dude, I mean, I mean, literally the people, just, the I people, hope for our Martin, that Martin, the people who Martin, the people who run social media have have weaponized it. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, man. I know. I know. I'm not. I'm. I'm nowhere near wrong. I mean, what's coming is not good. No matter who wins. I mean, look, you paint, paint both scenarios. We just we'll stick with this one. Biden wins. No one trusts the election. There's clear evidence of of voter fraud. No one really believes that this old man who is five days out and he can't he can't get on the campaign trail. No one really believes this is the the candidate. Even the staunchest Democrat doesn't believe it. So no one trusts the process. No one really. I mean, this is a guy that won't rule out a shutdown. Yeah. Well, and we're going to talk about one of the things I want to talk about before we exit the show today is something that kind of crept up. And I've been looking at Biden's tax policies and tax plans, and I don't know if this is new or I just missed it. Um, but we'll talk about his the it sounds like the plan has stepped up cost basis. And we'll circle back to that on the backside because I don't want to derail us from where we are now. But let's just let's remember to circle back. Yeah, I'm just that. not really um, into platitudes these days. And the whole we have to unite is a platitude. No offense. It's we're not. No, I, don't, we're, I don't take any offense. Maybe, we're not. We have we're, to. Do, like, we're not going to unite. We're we're it's, we're super divided. And if if Biden wins, uh, they are going. They being the Democrats are going to overreach. I think they're going to try to fundamentally change some things in America. And hey, look, when you get elected, you earn that right. And uh, you know we live in a democracy. And if Trump wins, I think you're going to see riots on the street. I think people will not trust the pol- the process. They will they will think that uh, votes were manipulated. I think we will uh, get even further divided. And obviously, if Trump wins, uh, that means that probably he keeps a Republican Senate. The one thing that's interesting to me, people say, what does it mean? If Biden wins, what it means is people have Trump fatigue. People yeah. People don't appreciate the way that he handled the, the the virus they don't trust where we're going they don't trust that we're getting past it it tells you that uh the, the people who've said we should fear the virus won and if uh if trump wins it is a repudiation of the american media of social media of big tech um it, it's that's the message that gets sent you know it's like a sports thing when you see a a team that runs hurry up, no huddle, they, they win the Super Bowl. What's the message that gets sent? You know, the message that gets sent is that's, that's the new offense. That's the, the new way we play. When one of those teams races through a regular season and they can't win in the playoffs, the message that gets sent is that, uh, you know, the message that gets sent is, well, th- that stuff doesn't work when, when the – when the game slows down, blah, blah, blah. There's always a message. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at, at the television right now. I mean, a lot of talk about Bernie Sanders being the, the labor secretary. I mean, this, this isn't 
This isn't going in a direction of unity if it happens. And listen, don't get me wrong. If Biden wins, he gets to put anyone on his cabinet that he wants to. Don't, that, don't, don't mistake that. But don't tell me that that's going to be a unifying thing. I, I can tell you it's not. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that it will. That's what we need to, to get out of this, man. Because we're going to have to, this is, the, the economy accelerating out of this thing is, there's going to be a lot of work that's going to have to go into, you know, restarting businesses that have been stopped. You know, there's going to need, there's going to need to be across the aisle work together, dude. And if it doesn't happen, I mean, we probably falter along or we just, we're like a sitting duck just kind of hanging out there if, if, if things can't be done collectively together to, to accelerate us out of, you know, out of this quote unquote pandemic, which I realize it is legally, uh, technically a pandemic. I don't know that the new resurgence of, uh, of infections is at the same caliber that it was back in, in February. Of course, we didn't know anything in February. We know a lot more now, not that we know everything. Um, the fear of a, uh, or the, the potential of another shutdown unnecessarily is certainly economic death for a large portion of, uh, you know, of, of middle-class America or even middle America. Well, hell, even people on the coasts will, will suffer economic death. Uh, dude, I think it's going to be, you know, it's not an attack from, you know, terrorists on one of our buildings, uh, in, you know, in New York, it's an attack on our economy. That's, that's an internal, it's internal. Yeah. And, you know, if we don't, put all of the BS aside and, 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 and accelerate out of this dude, then, I mean, I'm not saying, oh, there's going to be civil war and unrest and those things. And there, you know, there's going to be a lot of unrest, but man, <clears throat> you're going to have, I think crime goes up. Yeah. Deaths are going to go up. Um, so let's, know, let's have, talk about this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about what happens from, you talked about looking at Biden's tax plan. Cause I think it's fast becoming obvious that, that the odds are overwhelming that Biden's going to win this election. Well, and so that's interesting that you say that because I was just looking at the Vegas odds and um, from Vegas Insider, and they have uh, they have Trump actually kind of catching up. So now you know Trump is um, is a plus one sixty five. So you bet a hundred dollars and you win sixty five bucks, and Biden is now at minus one eighty five. It's you bet a hundred and you win fifty four. Biden was at minus two hundred. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Biden, according to Vegas odds, has a 63.3% chance of winning. Trump yeah. has a 35.6% chance of winning. Right now, in the Real Clear Politics national average, Biden is up 7.7, which really isn't all that significant. Um, in the battlegrounds, he's up 3.4, and, and that's shrinking a little bit. But Trump clearly running out of time, and more than 75 million people have already voted. The odds are overwhelming that half of the votes are already in, maybe more than that. And if you look in the battleground states, Biden is up 1.4 in Iowa, 6.4 in Wisconsin. Uh, Trump is up 0.6 in Ohio. Biden has an 8.2 point lead in Michigan. Go back, go back. Don't do this. What about Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania, Biden is up 3.5. Biden up 0.5 in Florida. It's a tie in Georgia. Biden up 0.7 in North Carolina, up 1.3 in Arizona. 
up 4.7 in Minnesota. I mean, look, you, you, can, you can do this in any way you want to. If you trust these polls, and Real Clear Politics does a pretty good job of taking all of the polls that are reliable and bringing in some form of a of a of a uh, realistic average. I mean, look, if you want to be the hardcore left wing guy that finds every single poll that has Biden with a massive lead and go, he's up twenty two points, woo! You can do that. If you want to be the the hardcore Republican guy that finds every conservative-leaning poll that goes, hey, he's really up two in all these states. You can do that. That's fine. I mean, we're, we're all going to get the numbers eventually. I always like real clear politics. I like 538, but I do think it leans a little to the, to the left. I like Rasmussen, but it's clear it leans to the right. This one's pretty center. They do a pretty good job. No one's perfect. It's very hard. Polling's hard. I've actually studied and listened to a lot of people about polling. It gets more and more difficult all the time. But if you look at this, is there a path for Trump? Yeah, there's a path. He's, you know, if you're down one point or if you're down 0.5 like he is in Florida, it's 48.4 to 47.9. Is it conceivable that Trump wins Florida? Well, of course. He's tied in Georgia. Is it conceivable he wins Georgia? Of course. He's down 0.7 in North Carolina, ditto, 1.3, ditto. But you got to have all of those fall your way. Is, it, is there a possibility that happens? Certainly. Is it likely? No, it's not. So here's my question. Biden wins. He comes in. He erases the Trump tax cuts, raises taxes significantly on anyone who makes more than $400,000, which is typically the people that are hiring. Yeah. Um, and then he raises the corporate tax rate, which means they're going to cut jobs. What does it mean economically if that's what happens? Yeah, I mean, it, and, and it depends on when they when the rates go in, what they are, because like, you know, corporate tax rates were like 35 percent. I think it was 35 percent before. Uh, before Trump came in and then. You know, and he brought it down to to twenty one. I think he said he, he wants goes, to he wants to raise it back to the levels they were when George W. Bush was president. Yeah. So the only thing, and, and I'm going to caveat off of I'm going to talk about a time when it worked, right? And not, and we aren't necessarily in that time. And I think we've talked about this before. So if you look at what Clinton did, um, you know, in the beginning of his. In the beginning of his presidency, there was there was some shakiness, some of the savings and loans stuff that um, that shook through the economy, and then and then it picked up, man, for the rest of his <clears throat> for the rest of his uh, his time in, and you know it's like as the economy grew, he you know he raised taxes, and so there wasn't this this massive impact in productivity and capital expenditures, um, you know, spending in capex, uh, and and we ended up with a with a balanced budget and a, and a surplus at the end. So there's, there is a way to do it. And I, you know, and I've certainly, I certainly think that us, you know, taking care of some of our deficit that has, you know, skyrocketed is going to be necessary at some point. We need it for um, the dollar to not lose a lot of the value right now. The dollar still is the, the world reserve currency. I think it'll stay that way. Um, You know, inflation, to keep inflation from skyrocketing, you know, we need to, we'll eventually need to pay down some of that stuff too. But I think it's, 
you know, it can't be extreme or, or you're right. What's going to happen is if tax rates go up on, you know, corporations to to extreme levels, you know, they'll just stop investing, whether that's, you know, building new plants, you know, building new outlets, building new stores, you know, buying other companies, uh, you know, and, you know, hiring folks and, and growing, you know, those things will those things will slow down. Um, you know, for the folks that are, you know, small business, middle of America, which is really the bulk of 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 what employs, um, you know, American workers, you know, you hit those guys with higher taxes. And um, and I think that's where you start seeing more, um, you know, more shrinkage is in is in middle is in the middle, uh, you know, middle sized businesses. It's not the large corporations. The large corporations have, you know, financial engineering that they can do. And, um, you know, they'll get out of paying a, a lot of the corporate tax stuff or they'll do what we saw happen, uh, you know, several, several years back where there'd be these reverse mergers in, you know, into an Irish domiciled business where, you know, uh, a large pharmaceutical company <clears throat> um, gets quote unquote bought by this, you know, super small, never heard of Irish company so they can reverse merge and domicile um, in Ireland. And they're, they're creative with that. But, you know, like the normal middle class or middle America um, you know, employer that's not, doesn't have access to that type of engineering, they're the ones that are stuck, right? Because they can't reverse merge into a, a, the, a Bermuda company or a Bahamian, Bahamian, Bahamas, Bah I don't know. Whatever. I think it's Bahamian. Bahamian company or an Irish or Cook Islands or Marshall Islands or pick any one of your fun islands or that, you know, where there's some tax haven stuff. They can't, they, they can't do that, you know, they get up every day, they drive to their, you know, little manufacturing firm or their or their store and little Johnny has baseball at, you know, five o'clock and and little Sally has ballet at six. So they're not doing that stuff, man. Um, and that's where you'll see. That's where you'll see hurt, you know, and it'll come at first. It'll be they'll probably start looking at the folks who are, you know, older that are closer to retirement, um, you know, and are probably more expensive on payroll and saying, hey, you know, we are you willing to retire early? Are you ready and early by that's, that's how those conversations start. Um, but you know, and then, and then ultimately they start just cutting folks and saying, Hey, uh, you know, unfortunately I don't have the cash flow to, to support your position anymore. And then the next guy who's grateful that he didn't get cut is now doing the work of two people, but only getting paid for, you know, the work of one. So productivity declines as well. And you see a lot of, you know, it has, it kind of has a ripple effect, man. It's a domino effect that, um, that is not positive. If, if it's done slowly over time, it's possible to have, you know, to continue a, a positive productivity route, a positive, um, you know, net profits and cash flows, positive investments and CapEx. Those things are possible. But if it's like, Boom. You know, if, if they have, if there's the, the blue tsunami and they can do whatever they want, like right now. Yeah, that's not going to be great. Um, that's not going to be great for us. Best thing that could happen, um, you know, from a tax standpoint, if there is, you know, uh, a Harris victory is that um, it's the Senate. Is that there's some. Grid yeah. And is that there's gridlock. And yeah, then and th this is where it's close. And I don't think it looks good. This is what's interesting. So I'm looking at. Again, real clear politics. Cunningham, the Democrat, up 1.6 in 
in North Carolina. He's beginning to sort of overcome a scandal. Uh, Greenfield, the Democrat in Iowa, is up 2.2. It looks like Danes is going to hold on the Republican to her seat in Montana. A lot of people were watching this race in Michigan uh, where John James, the uh, young African-American Republican candidate who is sharp as a tack, um, a lot of people thought he might steal a seat. Uh, it looks like Peters is going to hold on there. He's up 7.6 and rising. Uh, Georgia, it looks like there's going to be a split. looks like Purdue, the Republican, is going to win one of the seats, whereas Warnock, the de- Democrat, is going to win the other. The, both both seats in the Georgia Senate are uh, are open. Uh, the the Democrats keep talking about Texas being a presidential a battleground, and, and it, it, I just don't think it is. Uh, Cornyn, the Republican there, is up eight. Looks like uh, Trump really needs Arizona to win Arizona, probably needs McSally, the, the senator, to hang on there. She's down 2.7 to Kelly, though that race is closing a little bit. I think Minnesota's off the board for both Senate and and uh, and the presidency yeah, for the Republicans. I, I, would ex- I would expect that, though, man. So, you know, uh, Alabama's going to, to – the Tuberville, which is just <laughs> – can't believe I'm saying the word. Tuberville's going to he's going to steal Senator a seat. Tuberville. Right, he's going I to wonder st- if I wonder if he'll leave his Senate seat in the middle of the night and flip over <laughs> to the House or or some cabinet position. Can you do that? And that's a good question. I mean, that's his norm. So, so sorry, man. That's a little bit of jaded Martin from childhood Ole Miss. So it's really close. <laughs> it's really close. Republicans, Democrats for the Senate. They could go. Yeah. Could go kind of either way, but. You're right. I mean, and in many ways, for our country's sanity, that might be the best scenario. Biden-Harris yeah. win. Everybody gets kind of away from the Trump stuff for a little while, but the Republicans hang on to the Senate, and they can't go revolutionary on us. But, yeah, because, you know, one of the things that— By the way, I, I want to do this while we're still talking about states, though. Uh, okay, yeah. Here's, people say, what's the path for Trump? There is a path. And here it is. He has to win all the states that he normally would win. He's got to win Arizona. It's worth 11 electoral votes. He has to win Georgia. It's worth 16, 18, 16 votes. He's got to win North Carolina. It's worth 15 votes. Mm -hmm. He's got to win Florida, obviously. Can't lose any of these states. Then he's got to go win Iowa. He's got to win Ohio, and then he's got to win Pennsylvania. Yeah. And if he does that, he can lose New Mexico and Colorado and Minnesota and Wisconsin. And Michigan. And Michigan and Virginia and Maine. He'll still win. That's 278 electoral college votes. That's his path. Biden has a lot more flexibility in his path. Yeah. But, you know, Biden, let's say that that happens, that Trump wins Arizona, where it's very close. He wins Iowa, where it's very close. He wins Georgia, where it's very close. North Carolina, same thing. And then he wins Ohio. Well, all of a sudden... And this is my fear. Now, you would say, what is your fear, Neil, from a country standpoint? I'll tell you my fear. Yep. Everything I just said is not unrealistic. It could happen. 
Is it all going to happen? I don't know. But none of that is a stretch. None of that is, hey, what has to happen is the, uh, the Citadel has to win the national championship. You know what I mean? I mean, none of that. So Biden, Biden wins Michigan. Trump wins Ohio. Trump wins Florida. Biden wins Michigan. Becomes a one-state race. Is that for Pennsylvania? Yep. And Pennsylvania yep. is the one that the Supreme He's Court said they could keep counting votes. Where it could look like one candidate wins on Tuesday, and by Friday that candidate's not winning anymore. And before anybody thinks this is political, I worry about chaos at that point. Because there's it's just a lot of and people. already riding in Philadelphia. Or yeah. I say riding, yeah, but it's well, unrest in Philadelphia. Yeah. That's, that's my concern. People say, what's, your, yeah. what's the thing that worries you? That, that worries me because there's, there's a lot of people out there that they don't follow this as closely as you and I do. And they're kind of easily manipulated one way or the other. And um, there's a lot of angst in our country, as you see. And there's also the beginnings of, of, of serious COVID fatigue, serious lockdown fatigue. People have kind of had it. And it only takes one episode of the wrong people going into the wrong neighborhood, the wrong town to pick a fight. And they get a fight. Yep. And, then we and a have, bloody one. And then it's bloody and then it's chaos. Yep. That's the one scenario that worries me. Is it likely? No. Could it happen? It could. And anybody who's watching, if you're listening to me right now as a Democrat, you're going, well, that scenario's mm, could happen. And if you're listening to me as a Republican, you're going, yeah, that, that could happen. And that could absolutely happen where Trump, and I don't think it will because I don't think Trump's going to win Arizona. And so I think that scenario goes by the wayside. But if you ask me, what am I watching on election night, Martin? I'm watching Arizona which won't come in till late. I'm obviously watching Florida. If he, went, if he loses Florida, he's done. But I think he's going yeah. to win Florida. It's my opinion. I think he's going to win Georgia, and I think he's probably going to win North Carolina. If he lost North Carolina, the scenario is out the table. Doesn't have enough. But if he does that, and he wins Ohio, and I think he will, and Biden wins Michigan, and I think he will, Trump wins Iowa, and I think he probably will, Boy, we're getting there at that point. I mean, we're getting to a scenario where, whoa, it's all up to Pennsylvania at that point. And frankly, at that point, Iowa wouldn't even matter. Trump could lose Iowa and still win it with Pennsylvania. Yep. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, dude. Well, you're, we were just talking about, you know, you were on the, you're just wrapping up the state piece. And one of the things that um, was published this morning, and I don't know if I just overlooked this, which is possible that I did, or if this is kind of like, you know, new breaking, uh, breaking news. And I don't, I, I, it's probably that I overlooked it, not that it's new, but Forbes put out an article this morning um, about Biden's tax plan and, um, and it's and it, and it's and we've talked about Biden's tax plan a lot, but one of the things we haven't talked about is what does it mean for investors? Um, you know, and we knew that some things would go up, but there's two really, really large devi like deviations from what I remember Biden's tax plan being to what I'm reading at the moment, and it and it's a big deal. And I, you know, I don't know if it would ever actually make it through 
you know, the chambers and become law or, and if it does, I know it would take, you know, a little bit of time. It's not going to happen tomorrow or the next day. But, um, so one of the, one of the huge benefits for investors is, you know, if you have what's called long-term capital gains on your investment. So that means that, you know, you buy a stock and you've held onto it for a year or longer generally you get um, a, some preferential tax treatment on, on if when you sell it, you know, the taxes that you have to pay. Um, if it was ordinary income, considered ordinary income, you know, you would pay the tax rate of, of whatever your income tax rate is. And for, for interest income, for bonds, that is, that is how that works. So if you earn, you know, 3% interest on your bonds, the interest piece is taxed at ordinary income tax rate if you don't have if you don't have those federally tax-free bonds, which most of our clients do if they're not inside of the IRA. But um the stocks are if you sell it are taxed at, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20% depending on your tax bracket. If you're in a lower bracket, it's 15, if you're in a higher, it's 20, and that's set. So it's, you know, you you know that you're not going to pay that highest tax rate which was like 39.6 at one point for um for the long-term capital gains well i'm reading forbes it this was printed this morning at eight o'clock they're saying biden has called for taxing long-term capital gains as ordinary income for taxpayers with more than a million in annual income so you know for most people that's not a you know that's not a huge deal because most people don't make a million in annual income but for a lot of our clients and you know, folks that are listening that are high income earners, that's a big deal, man. That is, you know, that's doubling your taxes overnight. So, uh, you know, that also is going to make people less likely to trade, right, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. So instead of selling your stocks to, uh, you know, or rebalancing them, you know, on a regular basis, it's going to make advisors, CPAs, you know, have to be more cognizant of, how portfolios are managed and people who are doing it on their own. I mean, that's a huge deal. I think most people who make a million and above in income are so busy with their, whatever their vocation is, they don't manage their own portfolios, but some of them probably do, but that's not even the big deal. So it goes on to, to talk about, um, stepped up cost basis, which is huge. So if you inherit, let's listen, let's say Neil, that let's say, um, you know, I'm, I was your dad. And I had a, you know, a million dollar portfolio and I'd held on to it and I, it, and I paid $250,000, you know, for, for everything that's in the portfolio at some point, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And then I die, but it's worth a million dollars when I die. Today, you get the stepped up cost basis, meaning that your nil, the day that you inherit that portfolio that I gave to you your cost basis starts at a million. So your tax rate, your tax level, your tax floor starts at the million dollar level, not at the 250, which was mine. It says that Biden would be looking at com completely doing away with a stepped up basis, meaning that, you know, you would have to pay taxes. If you sell something, you would have to pay taxes on the difference between the million and the 250,000. And if we just said long-term capital gains rate are going to ordinary income, that creates a huge windfall of tax revenue for, uh, for the IRS and really discourages, it's going to create some, make people do creative financial planning 
But the other thing is that it's not just investments, man. So like, let's say your mamaw, you know, kept a house in the family and that she bought in the thirties and she paid, you know, $2,000 for the house. And then, you know, and the land and, and then over time, the house has been, you know, uh, added on to, and the land is worth more. And then today that's worth, you know, $300,000 and you sell mamaw's house and land. Well, it used to be that you just didn't have a tax due period because you got your stepped up basis. Well, if that happens, you're now would pay the, the difference between the $300,000 and the $25,000 that Mamaw paid for it in 1930. So it's not just investment accounts, it's everything. That's a big deal, dude. No, it's a- the way that it is now, you don't owe taxes on it if you inherit it, and it's not an IRA. You don't owe taxes on it. You can sell it, get the proceeds, you don't owe taxes. It's a, it's a huge deal. Huge deal. It's a huge deal. And dude, I don't know if I missed that, but that's a big deal. I don't think that's something that I would have missed. Well, look, I, I went through it initially. The, 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 listen, not to get on the soapboxes. We don't have time. We can do it no, next week when it's over. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We, we, we've got another episode. We've got, you know would be we, fun we've got five be minutes. Fun. Let me say this. Let me say this real quick because it needs to be said. Yeah. The, the media... At levels that I, I find humiliating, honestly, as someone who once loved journalism, the media has done such a poor job covering this campaign. Not to say that, that, that Biden shouldn't win, but the media has done a terrible job of they've they've gone they've gotten they've gone into cover up mode, which is is awful. We can talk about it another time. It's it's awful. It I, I believe, I really do. The one thing that would be the most fascinating thing about a Trump win is what it would say about the American public's feelings towards the media. Um, all right, so we're, we're five minutes. It's, pre- it's prediction time. Next time we okay. get together, it's going to be over because uh, we, won't, well, we won't do one until next Thursday. I don't, I don't think it'll be over, but well, at least election night. Election night will be over. If we're still talking about the outcome of the election, then it will have been super close, and we will be talking about recounts and things of that nature, at which point we'll also be talking about, I would suspect, rioting on the streets, and there will be a lot There will be a lot to talk about if, if you're right, and on next Thursday it's not over. So uh, give, me your, give me your prediction for what next Tuesday night looks like. Um, if I'm going with my gut and I'm being honest, it's a blue tsunami. I think uh give me numbers. I think I think oh what's the percentage? Yeah, give me give me how how big of a win is it for Biden? Oh. Mm, I don't I don't think it's as big as I don't know. I'm going to go I'm I'm just I'm pulling numbers out of my rear end. Now, yeah, it's but fine. I'm going to go I'm going to go 50 58% that uh Biden and the Democrats. Oh, no no, how, how much what percent of the vote do you think Biden gets? Oh, my bad, dude. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not. Oh, uh, I bet he gets. I bet he gets fifty-two percent of the vote. Yeah, I think that's about right. I, I'm. I'm going to say that Biden gets a little more than fifty-one percent of the vote. That Trump's going to get about forty-four to forty-five percent of the vote. And then on the electoral college, I think Biden is going to win with somewhere around. 300 to 310 electoral college votes. I don't think it's going to be the political bloodbath that some people are predicting. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it'll be tight in the end too, man. 
Um, but I do think I, I I do think that they will get the White House and and the two chambers. Um, you know, from a, from an investment management standpoint, you know that causes me to make a bunch of adjustments. You know, to client portfolios, not necessarily immediately, but you know, it also makes the tax free bonds that we have in client portfolios a lot more attractive than they have been. Uh, which is a good thing. So, you know, really, there's no such thing as bad investments or, um, you know, or a bad market. There's just a wrong time to buy and there's a wrong time to sell. Uh, and so I just have to take what I'm given. And I'm trying to be a realist about it. Man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, um, well, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a blue tsunami. I think the Democrats are going to they're at 45 right now. They're going to lose one on uh, on Tuberville. Yeah. So that takes Alabama. It takes them to 44. I think they're going to pick up Booker, Warner. Um, I mean, Booker's already in, and Warner's already in. I'm telling you, guys that, that are going to be pickups for them. Um, I think they're going to get to about 51. I think it's going to be razor thin. 51 to 49-ish would be my guess. 51 to 49-ish goes Democrat. Maybe yep. even 50-50, maybe 52-48. I don't think it'll be anything more than that. Yeah, I know, and I know there's a contentious race in, um, in North Carolina as well. Yeah, that's um, the Cunningham-Tillis uh, yep. race. Yep, 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 yep. And it's, super, um, it's, it's razor thin. Yep. I actually think if you made me pick, that might, that's a fascinating one. Tillis could win it. Tillis, Tillis could hold on to it. He could he could easily lose it too, and that's one that that could be where it comes down to voter turnout. It comes down to yep. Trump. Trump could pull Tillis through. In in there, that wouldn't be that would not be unrealistic, but I think it's super close. Fifty one forty nine ish in there, fifty even fifty fifty could happen, which is still a, a Democrat majority because they'd have the vice president who would be the deciding yep. vote. Uh, but I, th- I think it's going to be close. I think we're going to be really closely divided, and I, I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, it would be, you know, it would be a lot of fun too, man, and I'm not even going to put this on you because I probably won't do it either. Um, but it would be fun to have, I mean, I know there's all the political live commentary, but to have like two knuckleheads like me and you that <laughs> that don't have a, I don't have a, you know, a political leaning for, uh, you know, hey, I'm always going to be left-leaning. You know, I'm really, and when people, my, my pastor had probably the best answer I've ever heard when someone asked him, hey man, are you, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? And he looked at him and said, on what issue? I was like, dang, man, that was a good answer. Um, but it would be fun to have two knuckleheads cutting up and talking about it. But dude, oh, it's, I do that all the time to people and people say, well, are you what, you know, whatever. I'm like, I mean, on a lot of social issues, I'm actually pretty liberal. Yeah. Um, you know, I even on some that I'm I hate to even admit out loud, I'm kinda liberal on them. But on a lot of the other stuff I'm I'm not. And so it's uh, I've said this for a long time. I don't I don't I probably identify much more with the Republicans than I do the Democrats, but, but I I'd be open to a third party. But unfortunately the way our system is set up right now, a third party is just whistling into the wind. It it's yeah. it's the you know, the three percent of people who are going to vote for Joe Jorgensen, who if I'm honest, is probably yep. my candidate. Uh, yep. But I'm th- agree. those um, three I'm people board, dude. those three people are, are, are wasting their votes. <laughs> are wasting a vote, yep. 
Uh, hey, appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy yeah, the man. rest of your day. That does it for this episode of Mind on My Money. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week, and we'll uh, we'll do what I, I assume will be the autopsy on this deal. And um, <laughs> yes. So uh, until then, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Don't forget, it's pintrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. Mention that you heard about the podcast. Uh, when you talk to them and you get 10% off your first year's fees. Until next time, take care.